Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom Estate. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello, this is the Gist of Freedom. You're listening to Leslie Gist and our very special guest, actor, Mr. Ted Lang, are you on the line, sir? Yes, I am on the line. I was worried I couldn't get through there, but I got through. You are on. I saw your number coming on and hanging up and calling back. I said, okay, hopefully we'll get you in. But I'm so glad the connection is working now. Um, yes, right. You are a, a famous face on television. I grew up watching you, so I have to show it out first telling you. Um, that I'm very pleased and honored to talk to you tonight. And thank well, you for writing us. Yes. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate that, yeah. And it's great to see someone like yourself doing an excellent project um, like this story. You know, these stories are, are untold stories, and they're so important. And to have you, uh, someone of your caliber in the industry, to bring this story to life today, especially in light of what's happening in the news and what's happening to our people. This story is needed now more than ever. Yeah, it's amazing. You'll see a lot of parallels in the play that I'm doing to what's going on in Charleston right now. It's just, it's heartbreaking at the same time, you know, that this is, this kind of thing is still going on. It's heartbreaking. But it does make you feel that what you're doing you're serving a purpose and that you're on the right mission, this play? Well, that has relevance. It has very, very much, it has relevance to to the time period in which it was, the event actually happened. Uh, we're talking about the raid on Harper's Ferry in 1859 to what's going on now in 2015. It's, it's, you see the relevance. It's so apparent and it's uh, kind of, uh, a, a, a parallel that you draw from, you know, our past and our history to what is going on today. I wish we could use this past to avoid what's happening presently. Yeah. And that's my purpose. My purpose is to, to bring out the history to keep these types of things from happening. And yeah. in a way, you know, it's, it's kind of a downer. But this is not about me. It's about you. So tell us more about the Harper's Ferry, you know, give us a little bit of history for people, our young listeners who may not be familiar with John Brown or the Harper's Ferry. Okay, well, here's the deal. I call myself a footnote historian. And mm-hmm. what I do is I find uh, moments in uh, uh, American history, 
And what happens is a lot of the times of the African-American participation in these um, American historical moments are not chronicled or they're downplayed or they end up as a footnote in a history book. So what I've done mm-hmm. is I've gone back and re-examined that and I'm putting the footnote on the page. For instance, with Harper's Ferry and John Brown, historians often talk about John Brown and his sons who were there at Harper's Ferry during the raid. What they don't talk about is that there were five black guys that were part of John Brown's army and they played an important part in the raid on Harper's Ferry. So what I've done is I've gone back and I've researched it and I've written a play uh, about Harper's Ferry from the African-American point of view, from the point of view of the five black guys that were with John Brown. Now, two of the guys died at the ferry with John Brown. Two of the guys were hung with John Brown, and one guy got away. The, the man that escaped was named Osborne P. Anderson, and he later wrote a book about the event. So I've titled my play, The Journals of Osborne P. Anderson. Wow. Now, with your work in this play, I'd like to hear what you think about Django. Oh, about Django. You know about that. Well, that's one of the characters. Django is based on one of the characters in the play, in in, uh, the event, who was Dangerfield Newby. And Dangerfield Newby was a freeman, and he wanted to go back to the plantation and get his wife. His wife was named Harriet Newby. And what happened was he joined John Brown. He, He saved up $1,500 to go back and buy his wife. When he went back to the master to buy his wife, the master said no and raised the price so that he couldn't buy his wife. And then he got a letter from his wife a little bit later saying that the master was going to sell her to somebody else. So he joined John Brown to convince John Brown that when they free these slaves to go further south in Virginia and to get his wife, uh, he was one of the first people, though, to die in Harper's Ferry. He was the first one from John Brown's uh, Raiders to die. So he never did that. And part of what my play does is it examines the aftermath for this woman who wrote this letter to her husband to come save her, which a lot of historians ignore. They just talk about the fact that when they found Dangerfield Newby, they found this letter in his pocket and that it stated, you know, that she needed his help, and that was one of the reasons why he was with the Raiders. But they never talk about the aftermath, or very few historians talk about the aftermath. So what I did was I dealt with uh, the aftermath of ha- her having to deal with her master after the master has found out that he, she wanted to leave. She wanted to leave with her husband and the Raiders. So, yeah, that's uh, Dangerfield Newby, and uh, he later became the character on which they based uh, Django. Wow. Okay. Now, where yeah. is your play? Where is your play I running in Los Angeles? It's in Los Angeles at a place called Theater Theater. It's five zero four one Pico Boulevard. And I tell people, I tell uh, black folks, I say, you know where Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles is, which is a restaurant a block away from it. And because sometimes you go, well, I don't know where that is. I said it's across the street from. Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, 
then everybody knows exactly where they are when I say that. But we're here in Los Angeles. We've been doing really well. The audiences love the play. I've had some uh, scholars come and see the play, and uh, they've lauded the play for sticking to historical facts. And so when you come see the play, you're entertained. At the same time you're entertained, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, but you're also going to learn something about American history. And that was my, my deal is that it's not just a history lesson and it's not just a play with comedy or a play with drama, but it, it goes across the boards on several different levels so that uh, young kids can get it as well as adults and elderly people. Mm-hmm. As far as your research, how did you go about you know, researching a play yourself. You mentioned the scholars. Well, here's what I did. Uh, I I saw, uh, I was in New York. I was visiting my sons in New York when they were in college, and I came across a painting of John Brown. It's called The Last Moments of John Brown. And in the painting, his arms are tied behind his back, and he's on his way to being hung, and he stops on the stairs. He bends over, and he kisses a black baby being held being held by a slave girl. And I asked someone, it was a very striking picture, and I asked someone, I said, well, what is this about? And so someone told me it's called The Last Moments of John Brown. Well, from that point on, I started collecting books about John Brown. And in the course of doing that, I found out that there were five black guys with John Brown. And I have a friend that told me, he said, Ted, it's always good to visit the site of where you're writing about. So if you're writing about Alaska, go to Alaska. If you're writing about uh, the Caribbean, go to the Caribbean, because you're going to find things in those areas, particularly uh, if there's a a large historical event that happened there, that you're not going to find in all of the books. So the other thing that I did was, besides collecting books, and what I would do is collect the books, and a lot of times I would just read the footnotes because that's what they did as far as the black people were concerned, is I, I called all this information together. Then I went to Harper's Ferry where the event happened, and I went to Charlestown where the trial took place. And sure enough, I found a lot of uh, information that you don't normally find. And that that's what I do. Uh, what I do is I cross-reference everything so that I mm-hmm. get an overall picture of what's going on. Because Southern writers come in with one point of view, northern writers come in with another point of view, and sometimes I feel the truth is a little bit in between, you know? Right, right. Now, did you touch on anything related to the Vigilance Committee in your play or in your research? Vigilance, like black abolitionists that were like, I call them a cross between the NAACP and the Black Panthers because uh, a few of them. Well, you know, when... When John Brown, yeah, well, of course the abolitionists are involved and the Underground Railroad was involved. Uh, A lot of people don't know Mm -hmm. this, but Harriet Tubman was supposed to be at the ferry. Frederick Douglass was supposed to be there, and there was a a black abolitionist named Martin Delaney. They were all supposed to be with John Brown, uh, Mm -hmm. but they didn't show up. Uh, John Brown, he went up to Canada to... um, Chatham, Ontario, and they have a huge meeting, which is similar to the Niagara meeting that uh, W.E.B. Du Bois did later on, but they had a huge meeting, and they came up with their own constitution 
that would give uh, black folks liberty. And uh, Osborne Anderson was elected as a congressman, and John Brown was uh, elected as the commander-in-chief. And so they had their own constitution, and what they were going to do was they were going to help the slaves rise up, they were going to build an army, and then they were going to go to different southern states and and build an army of nothing but uh, ex-slaves. Well, he got stopped at the ferry, so that never happened. But the play goes into that aspect of John Brown because just prior to this, some years prior to this, uh, uh, Chief Justice Roger Taney came out with the Dred Scott decision, which uh, made made it uh, all right for black people, well, not to have any rights at all. You know, they they uh, took away the rights of all black people with the Dred Scott decision that you couldn't go to court for anything, you couldn't sue or any of that. And that's all touched upon in the play. Wow, that's incredible. Um, now, schools, have schools been involved? Have you reached out no. to schools? No, no, the schools have not been involved, although I have had some teachers come down and see it, but we're coming in because it's June, schools are letting mm-hmm. out, so we mm-hmm. we uh, sort of missed. We opened in May, but, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people were gearing up for, you know, graduation and that sort of thing, so I wasn't able to get the schools involved, but I did. It's now on the radar of some of the teachers that came and saw it, and uh, hopefully... We're going to do it here. Uh, we finish the end of June. Then in August, we go to the North Carolina Black Theater Festival in Winston-Salem, mm. North Carolina, and we're going to do the production there with the same cast. So, wow. Uh, then, yeah, so if you're in the area, if any of your listeners are in the area of Winston-Salem, we're going to be there the first week of August, and we're going to do the play there. Okay. Um, now, in closing, give us all your contact information because I definitely want to meet up with you guys in North Carolina. Professor Dinwiddie from NYU, he's always down in, in North Carolina at that event. You familiar with oh, Dinwiddie? Michael Dinwiddie? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Woody King from New York with the New Federal Theater. He's usually yes, there. Yes. Charles, yeah, Charles Weldon from uh the Negro Ensemble Company is usually there. So there's a lot of New Yorkers that come out and go right. to the festival. Yeah, so I'm looking well, forward to meeting you. I hope to meet you in person. Yeah, well, I'll I, be I there. So. In person. Yeah, no, okay. I'll be there, Leslie. So, you know, just come knock on the door and I'll see you. You know what I'm saying? I know. Okay, so give us your website, the you know, everything so that everyone can come out and support you in okay, California well, and in North Carolina. Can, they can go to, uh, there's, there's a Facebook page for the Journals of Osborne P. Anderson. There is also the website for the National Black Theater Festival in Winston-Salem. And they can go to either one of those websites and they'll find they'll get information about the play. They'll see pictures from the production, things that the actors have done. That's all on Facebook and on uh, the website for the National uh uh, uh, Black Theater Festival. Okay, so if you're in L.A., we're here till the end of June, and that's June 28th. We're at a place called Theater Theater, and that's brown paper tickets here in Los Angeles for your listeners. 
And for those that can't make that, we'll be in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, the first week of August. August 3rd, I believe, is the first uh, showing. Well, okay? I want to thank you, Ted. It was great talking to you, and I'm so proud of you, and, and I'm you know, honored that I was able to speak to you, and we will catch up in North Carolina. Thank you very much, Leslie. I look forward to meeting you. All righty. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.